Well, hello there and welcome to my corner of the digital universe. Prepare to dive deep, get real, get close, and find out entirely too much about people you likely don't even know. Well, actually, maybe you will. <laughs> I am Jeremy Griffin, and these are my conversations. So grab a coffee and get comfortable, because here we go. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. We want to thank you for listening. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. And you know what? If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would share it with those you love and those you hate. Make sure and make the distinction when you share it. Tell them I hate you. And that's why I'm letting you hear this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) My guests, plural, today are Craig and Donna Buffington. How are you guys? Pretty good. Doing well. <laughs> We're doing great. So, uh, Craig, a lot of people would know you as Buff. Buff. That's right. Buff on the radio. Uh, uh, spent a lot of time on Twister in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. KJ103 as well. KJ103, yeah. And uh, people would know Donna because they know you. Uh, yeah. And, and she's a, lot a gymnast, of the time they right? know me because they know her. That makes actually more sense. Donna, how old are you? I'm 15. 15 years old. And how uh, how is 15 years treating you? Um, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Gymnast, of, right? Yeah. Lots of injuries though. Hopefully next year will be better. Wow. Did the injuries come in 2021? Yes. All of them? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So proof that 2020 wasn't the worst year in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's had a lot of injuries throughout the years too. Yeah. Yeah. Rolled her ankles. How many times on each ankle? Uh, like 50. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, more not, like, no, more like eight on each ankle though. Wow. That's so, ouch. A lot of the elasticity is gone and she's getting ready to go into surgery on her left ankle for, uh, to tighten it up. Oh, wow. Well, that sounds cool. Was it? Yeah, it's <laughs> <that's> cool. <laughs> she wow. gets a break, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, so Donna, you, okay. So when you're on the radio, you know, I remember my time with you at iHeartRadio. We, uh, you did afternoon drive. That was the time we got to hang out. You right. did other stuff, but, uh, and so you talked about the kids a lot and Donna, you were on the air a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, since I was four. Exactly. See, that's the thing. Starting them up right. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And uh, the girls had a lot of fun for a long time. And then, you know, they they kind of wanted to shy away from it a little bit. So we, we didn't put them on as much. But um, my favorite memory was when Donna, it was, I think it was her first day on the air with me. She was taking phone calls and I was editing everything, but she was, you know, being on the guest mic and, and talking to the, to the listeners. We had a, a girl call up and said, um, Hey, I want to play honeybee for my boyfriend. Can you play Blake Shelton, Donna? And she said, she said her, her response was, is he hot? <laughs> <laughs> That's that was awesome. one of my favorite responses from her. I thought it was hilarious. That got, that kept right. You didn't edit that out. Huh? You didn't edit that out. Oh no, it? no, that was that was the part that was the the best part of the break. Right. So this is the thing. I I love this because you know when I was coming into radio, um, I didn't you know I didn't really know what to expect other than what I heard and experienced on the radio. You know, growing up in different times, and so. Um, I love that you had the kids on and talked about your life and tell me a little bit about your approach in broadcasting and why that was important to you to bring them into your show. Well, it's, you know, I spent a lot of years in radio before that. Right. Yeah. And I started in Tulsa, was at K hits and some different stations in Tulsa. Then I moved here to work at KJ 103 and was a single guy. And, you know, I got into radio thinking, hey, man, I'm going to be cool and, and the chicks are going to like me and all that stuff. And it, it didn't really work out that way. But it never works out <laughs> that way, does it? <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I, it, it was a lot of fun. So I kept doing it and then um, went from KJ103 to Jacksonville, then to Cleveland, then to Cincinnati. And I met my wife. Um, and then we decided that hey, let's go back home to be by family, whether it's uh, near Mexico where her family's from or here. And uh, that's where my family's from. And it was between Tulsa and Oklahoma City. I think I was looking at a job in Dallas. Mm. And uh, this one came up and and Tom, my boss, was just such a cool guy to hang out with. And I'd worked with jerks in radio. I'd worked with people that don't get personal now. I'm sorry. I I apologize (laughs) a million times to you. No, I mean, there's there's guys that, that, you know, want to diminish you and, and, uh, make you think that they know everything. And and it's like, you know, you know a lot, but you don't know everything. And, and I have learned a little bit. So, you know, my point is 
I, Tom was not one of those guys. Right. And Tom was very laid back and he was, he was, uh, he knew he, he hired people because he knew that they knew what they were doing. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we thrived with ratings throughout those years too. But, um, leading up to Oklahoma city, you know, I'd, I'd been, you know, kind of interested about the stern, the Howard Stern aspect of it. And I, mm-hmm. you know, of course you don't want to go off and be a shock jock when you've got a family. Right. So I kind of took his approach with, with everything that, you know, I've, I've got to go all in and I've got to talk about, you know, this, that, and the other thing, even though we were a music format, um, we did a lot of topics that mm-hmm. were, that were family oriented and, and raising a family. And my first break was just, Hey, I'm buff. You may remember me from KJ one Oh three. And I moved back home to start a family by family. And that's what we're going to be talking about. That's awesome. So I think my first time on air was on your show. Yeah, we were My doing the appetizer time. of the week. The appetizer of the week. Do you remember it? And we, I think we did it once. Yeah. No, we did it twice. <laughs> we did it twice. Do you remember one the, the app that I remember? I don't remember the second one. The first app, though, do you remember what it was? I don't. This is going to be kind of crazy because it, it was not anything anybody knew about. It was probably it, a podcasting app, wasn't it? No, man, if only. <laughs> no, it was Waze, the navigation app. I don't remember that. Yeah, it was Waze and nobody knew about Waze and maybe people don't know today, but uh, let's just recap. If uh, if you want to get around town, the crowdsourcing app uh, for navigation, Waze is fantastic. But it is, it's one of the, it gamified navigation. So people were motivated to call in like police officers or car wrecks or things like that. I use it all the time. Oh, cool. But uh, yeah, that was the first one. And then later on, like I saw commercials for Waze and I was like, wow, we, we did that thing first, man, me and you. Yeah. It was powerful. And again, I have no idea what the second app was, but <laughs> that's probably something to do with pizza. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I think somewhere in there. And then I started doing some stuff on KTOK. It's funny because every time I did, cause I was the digital guy, right? I think yeah. at one point I was called uh, Jay Grizzle, the digital whistle. Yes. And that made me feel, I may have come up you, with that. I think you may have. And I say it all the cause time. Cause I like now. the whistle, uh, the izzle on anything. It I just, called it Nash Vizzle. <laughs> wow. Nash Vizzle. Yeah. I, I, I love the, uh, the Snoop Dogg references. It's nice. I do like it too. I, I had it as a, uh, my Twitter account at one time was Do Rizzle Grizzle. <laughs> All based off of that right there. Um, which my, my 10 year old loved that. He, he's like right now he's, he's wanting me to figure out a gamer tag for him. That's Izzle. So anyway, we can do that. We'll have to figure it out. So Donna, let me ask you some questions. All right. All right. So, uh, did you have what was it like just in in general like did you ever listen to your dad on the radio or do you just like i don't want to hear i hear him all the time um i don't really remember i didn't i don't think i liked country that much back yeah, then see and it was at the time that we were ending school and we had activities after school so i didn't really have time to listen to him that much yeah my wife yeah. doesn't listen to my podcast so <laughs> I mean, you know, I say stuff about her all the time because I know I can. It's like, this is the safest place to say stuff, actually. She doesn't listen. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so I kind of figured you would never listen. Did you listen to yourself when you're, I mean, did you go back and like, did you have air checks or how would you, how would you do that? Would you let her, I don't even know how yeah, it would well, work. Well, I mean, it was, we would play the calls on the radio, uh, but we would record them into the, into the next gen system, which was the broadcast software that we had. We had the ability to record, uh, breaks in and they would play back later. So I would usually do that with phone editing and, uh, that way I could move on to the next thing and have more time to edit. So when we'd play it back into it, she would hear it there. And then mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we'd get done 30 minutes early and we'd hear her last break on the way home when yeah. she'd always go, bye-bye, see you later. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Man, that's good stuff. I want to ask you this question because this is something I don't, you know, a lot of times when I have people on that I know, I don't, it's harder for me to ask certain questions because I just already know the answer to it. And right. so it seems less genuine. But this is what I don't know the answer to. How did you and your wife meet? What was that process like? Oh, um, good Lord. She's going <laughs> to, Donna's Donna can probably tell you better than anyone. Oh, wow. But uh, no, we've told this story a thousand times in front of her. So she usually finishes the sentence. Feel but, free and finish the sentence on this podcast. But man, it was it was crazy. So, you know, moving around the country, I said I went to, from Tulsa to Oklahoma City to Jacksonville to Cleveland to Cincinnati. And I spent about three and a half years in Cincinnati. Um, 
And a friend of mine from Oklahoma that I knew back in college, his brother, which they were like my second family, his brother was getting married to a girl that was just down the road in Lexington. So it was about a 90 minute drive. And he called me and he said, Hey man, the family's coming up. We're going to have a wedding in uh, Nicholsville, uh, Kentucky. And we'd love it if you could make it. I'm like, dude, I'm down. Haven't seen you guys in forever. So let's, let's go uh, have a weekend. And, um, that weekend we went to, uh, and, and they had got me a reservation where they were staying. Well, Lizette was working at that hotel. Oh, so we smiled at each other's all weekend and um the first interaction with her i was trying to get her attention somehow and the first interaction was the well let me start off the night before can i just say i just imagined you screaming cannonball as you jumped into the <laughs> pool to get her attention like look didn't over have a pool here she comes cannonball <laughs> which would since i didn't have a pool it'd even be better yeah, actually well yeah in the whirlpool the whirlpool tub um but no, so the night before I was hanging out with um, with his sister and she had talked me into getting these Bartles and James wine spritzer things that were just terrible. We didn't even, we took one sip. Endorsement pending. And we put, <laughs> right. Um, we took one sip and that was, we were done with them. So um, I've got a five pack left on the, on the bedside table and they come up to clean and um, she was with the housekeeping and they came in to, uh, to clean the room. And, um, so I'm like, well, here's an opportunity that I could, Hey, would you like these? Because we didn't really care for them. And one of her coworkers goes, I'll take them. And she grabs them. <laughs> and, and that was the end of it. So I'm like trying to figure out another way to talk to her. And throughout the weekend, we smiled at each other a lot. So I, I figured she was sort of interested. Did you try the old, my toilet stopped up? No. <laughs> I don't no, think I it would have worked. I so. don't think that would have helped at all. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the weekend, I'm going back to turn in my key, which I probably didn't really have to do. And I think I knew that I didn't really have to do, but I did it anyway, just to have another opportunity to see her. And as I go back, um, I see her, she's wrapping up her day with her coworkers. The, you remember the girl, I'll take it. Right. So, yeah. So, um, so Lizette is sitting there with her mom, who's also working with them and these other two coworkers. And I figured, well, now or never. So I walked over and I, I said, hey, uh, my name is Craig. I, um, I, I've got a friend that just got married here. And I thought maybe you'd like to go out to dinner with us sometime. Mm-hmm. And she goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, her friend, go, I said, well, her friend goes, oh, she don't talk no English. And I, I said, okay, well, you know, at least I tried. So I start to walk off and she goes, wait, wait, I can translate for you. Oh my gosh. And she goes, this is usually where Donna breaks in, but she goes, um, Lizette, honey, he wants <laughs> to date you. Oh Do you want to date <laughs> Ham. Oh man. <laughs> and then, what a beautiful moment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh but it, it paused it long enough for her to realize, you know, kind of what was going on. Cause what she heard me say instead of, hey, a friend of mine just moved here and da 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 da, she just heard right. and um gave her a moment to think about it. And she knew what I wanted. She just didn't know what I was saying. And uh she goes, see. Wow. And um, then I proceeded to, to uh, ask her for her number. And she's, oh, no, 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 you can't have my number. And I, I, I okay, <laughs> well, um, how do we, and she said, um, I'll, I'll, give, I'll, I'll take your number. Yeah. And um, so she took my number, took, uh, it was Thursday before I got a call from her. And I went back and I said, hey, I met this really cute girl and I think we're going to start dating. And she lives over there by my friends that got married and blah, blah, blah. Tuesday comes by. Well, she's probably busy. Wednesday comes by. Ah, she's not going to call. And um, so I kind of gave up on it. And then Thursday, I'm getting ready to leave for lunch. And she calls. Wow. And says, hey, I am Lizette. I meet you other day in hotel. She didn't speak any English. Right, Remember this. Right, okay. Yeah. So I've got so many questions around this that we're going to dive in. But go I, ahead. I think that what she was doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was learning learning to say, to that? say that. Wow. Because the next thing was, I am Lizette. Meet you in hotel other day. You coming Lexington this weekend? Hmm. And I said, no. 
no, next weekend they're on their honeymoon this weekend, and I'm trying to scramble and look up how to say it online. Right, um, and that didn't do any good either way. Freetranslation.com is another oh. non endorsement <laughs> right that did not it work did not work so i'm like uh dia de miel um <laughs> honeymoon right. and uh so uh she didn't understand me so i thought right uh, i'm still debating on what she actually was going through her mind but she she says oh okay um okay you coming lexington this weekend <laughs> and i said no this weekend no next weekend yes and she goes oh okay you coming lexington this weekend <laughs> and finally i just like you know what yeah i'm i'm coming this weekend and i made a special trip just so we could go out wow dude that's amazing it was a it was it was an it, it, they should make a movie out of this well i was gonna say here because here's the thing and this is where i like i want to get donna's perspective on this too because I mean, you, you will have experienced this. So, well, first, let me ask this. How long were you guys together before you had the kids? Like three years. Okay. So, first question. Um, was this an equal share? Uh, I'm going to learn Spanish and she's going to learn English, or was there more one way than the other? Originally? Yeah. Let's yeah, go with yeah, the well, um, <clears throat> like if, the, well, actually, before you even answer that, let's go to the first date. Can we do that first? Because I'm thinking to myself, did you hire a translator? Like, how did you have your first no, date? No, but we had one. <laughs> oh, even better. So, um, now keep in mind, uh, I was 30, 31 at the time. And um, I don't know how old she is. I just knew that she was pretty. <laughs> Wait, you don't know how she is at the time. But I loved what you just said, though. I don't even know how old she is. Like right now is what I heard. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how old she was <laughs> right, at the time. Right, right. Um, but so, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, that she's somewhere in her, or, you know, around 20, 25, something like that. So I get a call Thursday cause we were going to go out this weekend. Right. Remember? And, um, and Pam, the other girl that not the, I'll take it, but the other girl, <laughs> that was working with her calls me up and says, Hey, this is Pam. And I work at, at the hotel with, uh, with Lizette and, and we got a little bit of a problem and I said, okay, what's the problem? And she says, well, mama won't let her go out with Americano by herself. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, how old is this girl? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. Cause I, you know, I don't think of somebody, um, that's an adult is having to have permission, but that's, you know, their custom Culture, yeah. in, in Mexico, which, um, unfortunately has rubbed off a little bit on Donna and Ashley, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but so I'm thinking, my God, how old is this girl? And am I doing something illegal? So <laughs> right. I'm thinking, you know, they wouldn't call me. They wouldn't let me do this if it was, if it was that bad. So anyway, uh, I said, okay. And, uh, what do we do then? And she says, well, she says she'll let her go with somebody that she knows. So you need a chaperone and I'm free and I can do that if you'd like. Wow. I'm like, Hey, that's great. Cause I don't know the city anyway. And you know, you can help us find a spot to go, whatever. And, um, I said, bring your boyfriend along and that way we can just make it kind of a double date and it won't be as awkward. So I go meet her and meet her at the hotel. And then, um, I said, well, would you like to get something to eat? What would you like to do? You want to go bowling, you know, all this stuff. And, um, she says, oh yeah, fine. We eat, you know, and uh, we eat with the spoon, right. you know, uh, motion in your, in your face. So, uh, I said, well, Steak? Do you like steak? We could go to a steakhouse. We could go to a seafood. Oh, no, steak could. <laughs> so, like, you want to um, go, go Mexican? And, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Pam, the other girl, says, oh, I know a steak place. It's just wonderful, and you'll love this place. Now, keep in mind, we're kind of in the backwoods area okay. of Nicholasville, which is a nice area, but we're in the backwoods area of, of even Nicholasville. And... Um, so we're driving around. She says, okay, you take her in your car and you follow me and we'll get there and da, 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 da. So that was a lot of silence in the yeah. car. You know, I'm saying you look pretty and she doesn't understand me. Saying, and Como se dice. <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Um, so we go to uh, around the corner and, and through the neck of the woods and all this stuff. And, and we come up to a big, huge cement building. And I'm thinking, this thing's the size of a skating rink. Oh, wow. 
this is a weird looking steakhouse and we we walk inside and we see people bowling okay <laughs> and she's like no 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 it's around here so we we go into the restaurant at the bowling alley nice and i was like okay <laughs> I've had some really good burgers at some bowling alleys and, uh, and, and it's been, uh, you know, kind of a treat, you know, but it was not a really good place to eat. They had, the steak was dry. The chicken was dry, but mm. they did have a waitress that was bilingual. Wow. So that did it. So we got to say every once in a while when she came around, Hey, can you tell her she's pretty? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But we bonita. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that, so that so was our clear, first date. I've had four years of Spanish. Okay. Two years of Spanish one, two years of Spanish two. I flunked the first two years each time. So I don't really speak it well. I've got some vocabulary. Very good. That's, <laughs> you're probably ahead of me. <laughs> oh my god! Because gosh. I've, I've learned the only words that I've learned were really from the free translation.com, which ended up teaching me to speak a language with her that neither Americans or Mexicans could understand. Right. And cause I mean, it was, <laughs> it was like, um, it was like if you, um, cause they have backwards, you know, that right. from Spanish, right. but they, they speak backwards and like, I'll say, they would say we speak backwards, but yes, I go to work <laughs> yesterday and I have lunch with so-and-so, uh, with Jeremy and we eat peanuts or whatever, right. you know, but it doesn't sound correct. Yeah. And th with them doing it backwards, it's like, I do this, but it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was, nobody could understand what we said. Yeah. And it was awesome <laughs> because we had our own little language. That's, that's awesome, man. It was fun. It was like pig Latin. Yeah. <laughs> See, and I think that's the thing I think is crazy. Like I imagine this whole process you know, because how long have you been married now? 19 years. 19 years. How amazing is that? It's pretty cool. I think I'm going to DJ our 20th anniversary party. Are you no, gonna, I'm just kidding. I was going to say, you're going to work? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm going to have Donna do it. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so, um, what was the first fight like? First fight? Wow. Um, or any memorable one where it's like, how do I communicate how mad i am or whatever did she commit did she throw she a flip-flop at you or anything like that it, no but there is a video called la chancla and you need to watch that because it's funny um <laughs> no there was a girl at a at a gas station and it wasn't like i was checking her out but i mean she was like hanging out of her clothing i, I mean she had a <laughs> real loose dress on and i mean her top was so loose that her breasts were sticking out wow. and it's like one of those looks like oh my god not like hey how you doing and yeah. she got she got mad at me for that and it was Did it wasn't quite la chancla but she she was not talking to me for a little bit gotcha but yeah i mean it was um it was uh it wasn't fun yeah <laughs> so well I, so i imagine there's, there's a couple levels here i mean you've got you've got a language barrier yeah but then you also have a cultural barrier I would think, right? I mean, the the overall uh, culture in Mexico is different than the culture of America. That was second date. I, I learned about that. Oh, <laughs> the second. So date. we're still, you know, I, I I did learn to bring a um, what I called the Bible. It was the um, the Webster's dictionary and and translation. Gotcha. So I brought that with us, and we'd drive around, and I did learn to say "Como se dice." Yeah. And I said "Como se dice esto." And she would say, baca, we call it a baca. Okay, well, we call it a cow. Gotcha. And uh, we were doing a lot of that. But we went to the, uh, and I've still got the poster that we ripped off of the telephone pole, <laughs> and it's hanging up in my office for the Jessamine County Fair. Okay. And that was our first solo date or our second date. And um, we went to the fair, and, you know, it was just a little itty-bitty county fair. No music, no, you know, just a couple of rides and, and maybe a city block of stuff. Mm -hmm. But... She, um, I asked her, I said, can I hold your hand? And, you know, I didn't want to offend her or anything like that. And she says, oh, boyfriend, girlfriend, hold hands. And I'm like, okay, can I hold your so hand? So can I hold, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I went back that week 
you know, cause we still aren't communicating, communicating. I went back to the radio station and said, you know, I think I've got a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best kind but um so she was thinking the same thing and she was i think she told her folks hey i think i've got a boyfriend wow <laughs> that's crazy all right donna let me ask you some questions all right all right so you are 15 years old mm-hmm. now i don't have girls i have three boys right my youngest is 10 my oldest is 22 my thought process is that girls, you know, they're a little more romantic. They process these kind of things. When you, knowing your parents' story and then you, you know, being the product of your parents' yeah. story, yeah. do you, how, what do you see? I mean, do you see it as really romantic? Do you see it as, wow, that's weird and crazy and odd? Do you even want to think of your parents in that way? Like, I love that. I love that story because all my, I've had friends over and they're like, how did your parents meet? Because like, she, doesn't speak she speaks english really well but there's some things that she just can't say and she has a hard time and they're like how'd your parents meet and then she tells them the story and they're like oh my parents met at a bar right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they met online (laughs) yeah Yeah. wow tinder and right exactly i swiped left and now we're married (laughs) that's what a beautiful story you know and i think about that because like okay so growing up here i met my wife when i was 16 and we dated and then at 20 we got married and so i have something that i feel like a lot of people won't have Mm -hmm. but i have in my closet about 50 or 60 notes that were passed between us in school and you know today even if people meet in school they're getting texts they don't it's not something that they get to keep and i just i think it's an amazing thing every once in a while I'm cleaning out the closet. I'm like, oh, there's that box. And I'll pull it out. And we used to fold notes in special ways. Do you mm-hmm. remember that, Craig? Yeah, they make the footballs and all the- Exactly, the all the weird folds. And, and stuff. Exactly. And so I'm like carefully remembering how to unfold this thing and reading, I'm in seventh hour <laughs> or whatever, you know? And, <laughs> and you're like, okay, this is just weird. But, um, but I think, you know, for you with this scenario, like- do you have an idealistic way that you want to meet your spouse or anything like that? You think, man, I want it to be uh, this way. Well, I definitely don't want to meet people online, but it's pretty hard because I I don't really like talking to people that much or going up to them and just meeting them. And that's probably the only way I'm going to be able to meet someone. <laughs> yeah. But well, hopefully I can branch out. Right. Now, do you speak Spanish? Yeah, not very well. I understand it better than I speak it. That makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't understand it for nothing. You know what I look... <laughs> you know, I mean, like, because after taking Spanish, it's kind of like what you said. I mean, you hear it, and then you hear people talk, and you're like, yeah, man, I don't even know what you said. Because it, usually it's the speed that throws me, right? Because it just comes out really quick. And with five people talking at once. Oh, which yeah. Which happens all the time. I listen for the word guero. Okay. And I know they're talking about me. What's guero mean? <laughs> the white guy. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I felt really good. Like I, I just came back from a big paintball event in Wisconsin, right? So one of the guys there loved this dude. He's going to be on the podcast actually pretty soon. Um, but he, uh, he's, he sees me like, Orly! and I, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Orly. I don't know what to say except for that back. And so I had to look it up and I'm like, Oh, well, the fun thing about it is, I mean, I learned some responses that, that are funny yeah. and her dad teaches me all the dirty words. So, <laughs> so he said, Hey, 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 Boofington. He calls me Boofington. 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 Dile, dile, dile. <laughs> Which means say, say this, say oh, this, okay. say this. I was like, that wouldn't like, work to bleep it out. Is a- <laughs> <laughs> no, but you'll have that ready. Okay. Uh, oh, oh gosh. Here we go. <laughs> no. Uh, but he'll, he'll tell me, um, you know, to say this, it'll be funny. And, it, you know, um, pinche is kind of like you, is, is that you probably should have, I don't know if you're supposed to believe that or not, but that's, that's a, a attention getter, you I know, gotcha. that's like, Hey, you stupid woman. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> when to say be like pinche, um, pinche vieja. I gotcha. You know, something like that. But I'm, I, I think it's probably a little worse than stupid. Yeah, it is. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So all, all of my uh, Spanish speaking listeners, I apologize for this uh, awful potty mouth. that just, would, would that get bleeped on Mexican radio? No. Okay. I, so I we're good. So. We're okay. Good. Woo. Yeah. I, I, I didn't think it was. Radio. And um, <laughs> yeah, right. She's like, well, I mean, know. you know what I mean? Standards yeah. and stuff that uh, would get bleeped, but you know, we want to, we want to talk clean here. Yeah. Um, 
Well, this is the best place to, I mean, cussing in Spanish works great because I don't think I have too many Spanish listeners. <laughs> well, there was one time that was just hilarious though because he taught me um, a bad word for going to the bathroom. Okay. And we go to, um, and it's Estas blank. And uh, we go to, we're in Mexico and then we go across the border to Brownsville and we're in churches, chicken, and um He's saying, "Donde es el baño? Donde es el baño? El baño." And I, I said, uh, really loud in Brownsville. Oh. I said, "Esta blank." And uh, <laughs> and my wife, of course, slaps me on the shoulder and says, "Hey, don't say that." <laughs> I'm like, I said, "Well, why? We're in America now." <laughs> and she's like, "Mexican, Mexican, Mexican, Mexican. Right. You know, hundred percent Mexican, except for me." And uh, was working in the store because it's Brownsville, and I was just being silly. Yeah, that's fun. But yeah, he taught me. Uh, he taught me all the fun, bad things to say, so everybody'd start laughing. And that's cool. um, I don't know that they did that with uh, with you or Ashley, though. I don't think so. No, they now just they just like laughing. And at now, me. who's older, you or Ashley? I am. You are. Ashley's thirteen. She's she just 13. turned thirteen. Okay, and she's almost sixteen. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Can you believe that? It messes with my brain, dude. (laughs) You know, this is weird. This is a time passing thing, right? Because when you are, we'll say when you're an adult, I I mean, it probably happens in your early 20s, but you you have relationships, time passes, you see those folks. There's not a lot of change. Once you hit like, say, 28 to 30, people change, but they don't look radically different, right? I mean, we met each other 10 years ago. And that's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. And, and it, you look exactly the same to me. I'm sure we have changed quite a bit. Well, thanks to them, I've got more gray hairs. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I just shaved my beard. <laughs> and you can tell. I mean, it was it's already very Santa Claus-ish, but uh, it was really crazy and weird. But I think it's, a, it's, it's strange because, you know, what we don't, like kids change radically in 10 years, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a baby to a 10-year-old, radically different. 10-year-old to 20-year-old, radically different. And it's just, it's so and not just physically. Me I mean, you know, right. I think, uh, physiology, they, they said once you're 25, your identity slows down and you know where you are in life. And that's, you shouldn't get married before you're 25 apparently, but well, you guys did well. I understand why people say that. I mean, I, I think so many times when, when Lori and I talk about this, cause we do a lot of marriage counseling with folks. And when we talk about stuff like this, there are things that I, I word it like this, that we really dodged a bullet because some of the things we didn't talk about are finances, how to raise kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are two pretty massive things that you should have some sort of understanding. Now, the thing that worked out good is my overall um, belief system, I, I hesitate to say politics, although I think that probably crosses over, really lined up with her dad's. Mm-hmm. And so that all hey, of that- good in with, the, with the in-laws. Well, yeah. And I mean, I didn't realize that at the time, yeah. but um, you know, it, it's just one of those things. So- so I, like I said, we dodged the bullet because we didn't really talk about that. But when we counsel couples now, man, we talk about, you know, the three main things, which is um, sex, money, and, and uh, what was the thing? Politics. Was, no. <laughs> and, and kids and kids. Okay. How, how you're going to raise your kids because, you know, money, some people live separate financial lives. Some people merge them together. Some people, you know, ha- believe in spanking their kids. Some don't. I mean, there's some pretty big things there. And I think the biggest issue in today's world, and, I, and I'd like you to comment on this, but when I, you know, there are a lot of people getting divorced now after, you know, 20 years of marriage. And what I'm seeing consistently from a counseling standpoint is folks have spent, we've, we've really adapted our lifestyle to live for our children. And so we don't live for our spouse. What I used to tell my kids all the time is I said, I love you guys, but I love your mom more. And (laughs) they thought that was weird. But I said, look, uh, I can make more of you. Like (laughs) uh, we've got three. If I need four, we can get four. Like we have, we know how to do it, right? We know how to make this happen, (laughs) but I can't make more of your mom. Right. And you know, you have this commitment when you get married, you become one and and so like we're we're in this and when when you leave and that's what I was telling them, when you leave this house you're not going to care about me like I care about you and I'm okay with that I want you to care about your kids the way I care about you but but your mom will always be tops for me and so in our overall culture these days I think more people they're very kid centric and so what happens is 20 years go by their kids move out and they're married to a stranger because they've both been focused on the kids so much yeah 
And so I, I see that I, this is why I think we're seeing a lot of these marriages fail. Um, so yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on that in general? Well, actually, Lizette has, I've got a perfect example of just the opposite of what you said. Even better. Um, do you remember <laughs> what mom told you guys about tattoos? No, you don't remember. Okay. <laughs> it may have been Ashley that was in the car that day, but she said, she said, you know, um, if I ever get a tattoo, it's going to be of my kids because my kids are forever. Mm-hmm. They're always going to be my kids. And while I hope that you are, you aren't guaranteed to be forever. Yeah. To me. I mean, sure. She, sure. My husband is not guaranteed to be a forever thing. So I'm not going to put, your name on my shoulder or whatever, I'd put Donna and Ashley. It'd make you feel really good inside. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> All warm and fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm kind of choking up about it right now. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking back of that girl at the gas station right about no. now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, and, and this is my point though. This is the philosophy. And if, and if those two worlds don't line up, yeah. then, then you're definitely going to have some issues. Right. And, and I think, you know, partnership is is what it is you have you go into circumstances and if you don't fully understand it's just like a business partnership if you know i've got uh business partners in my company and you know you're not going to tattoo their name on your shoulder no it's already done actually it was part (laughs) it's part of the agreement it wasn't on my shoulder though that's the worst part no (laughs) but i think i think the reality is you know when i'm when i meet with somebody who's looking at investing in my company for example um I'm trying to talk them out of it because I want to give them the absolute worst case scenario. And at the end of that, if they still want to be a part of it, well, there you go. Like it's their fault if they lose everything, you know what I'm saying? And I think it's the same thing with a, with a marriage. I, I went into my marriage, even at 20, like, Hey, this is who I am. This is what life is going to be like. Are you good with that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and tried to just sell, her on the idea that maybe I'm not the best option. I mean, that wasn't certainly in my mind. I really wanted to marry her, but, but I think when we we do that, I think it's important. So, so in any, you know, I've, I've done a handful of marriages, but I won't marry anybody that I don't believe is, you know, really should be married. If that yeah. makes sense. I don't say it like that. Cause that would be really judgmental and mean. <laughs> but, well, and I was telling Donna the same thing the other day about, um, whatever it was, any decision, it's like, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. You know, if you can live with that, then go ahead and then do, do whatever it. it is that, that you want to do. Yeah. And I, but I think it's key. And so, um, but I, I'm curious to see how the culture evolves around this reality because I do, th- I mean, we have seen a massive uptick, like the Gen Xers, you know, and I typically, our divorce rates are way lower than that of our parents. And, um, but now that, that group kind of right behind us, I, I'm not sure if it's the gap or the millennial group. It's probably more the gap because millennials aren't old enough to have the 20 year old kids. But, um, that group is, like I said, there's a lot of people getting divorced that have been married for 20 years. And maybe it is it's probably because of COVID. It probably is. Yeah. Cause well, everybody listen, if forced to spend 24 hours a day together for an amount of time. You know, what's interesting about that is I was working at a, at a, uh, where I was working, we were sent home and it was so funny because, you know, because of COVID you could tell the people who liked their spouse. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I don't mean to be judgmental of any of those folks. It's just funny because you had one group of people that were like, man, I'm like, I'm excited to be home. This is great. Yeah. And then you had another group is like, man, I want to be at the office. And, you know, you're kind of like, eh, yeah, I don't think you guys love your love living life that much with your spouse. Right. I don't know. That's just my judgmental side, I guess. <laughs> I mean, with, with me though, I was excited cause I got to, the girls were at home right? and Lizette was, she was still doing stuff, but, um, you know, she was at home. So, um, at that period in my life, Tom and, and all the people at iHeart had been let go and there was just a couple of yeah. people. And the halls at the radio station were so lonely because mm-hmm. um, uh, for those that don't understand what what happened, they've got people that are working out of market that can send shows to Oklahoma City. And that's what the majority of the of the cluster had become. And there was I mean, literally, there was like seven people right on the 11th floor at that time. And, you know, it was just really lonely. I I, I enjoyed being at home around the family more. Yeah. Because were you still doing drive time at that point? Yeah. 
So I was the so only when you were person, there, you were the only one actually I was there. the only person on that side of the building. Yeah. And to see the next person, I would have to go walk halfway around the building. Mm-hmm. Um, Lee was there, but he was there at a different time, I think. Yeah. You know, over on the AM. Right. And his office was just two doors down from the, the Twister studio. But, but yeah, it was just so lonely that I, I, I had the setup at the house and I was able to do it uh, very efficiently. So it was able to take phone calls and everything. So, uh, it worked out really well for me for that period of time. Yeah. Donna, you like having your dad at home? Yeah. Yeah. I used to see him for like what an hour and then I'd have to go to bed mm. cause we'd have school. You drop, well, we'd see him in the morning, but that was for like 30 minutes. We'd go to school all day. Mom would pick us up and send us off to gymnastics or cheer or whatever I was doing at the time. And then he'd come home at around eight or seven, seven thirty, mm. and then we'd have to be in bed by eight thirty. Mm, so yeah, we didn't have that much time with him. Yeah, man. Well, that's the thing I've found. You know, COVID was for so many people. I hear this. COVID was a blessing. It's a curse. It's everything. Like, yeah. Um, I I think COVID was great. Not that <laughs> you know. I got it. I was fine. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know. It, Obviously, I'm not not talking about the illness itself, but, you know, I think it's important. We as a culture, my goodness, man, we are broken. Yeah. <laughs> We've gotten so fixated on things that aren't important. And I think uh, what COVID did is it caused people to just reevaluate. If nothing else, stop, slow down and reevaluate. Yes. And whatever they came up with, I you know, I don't can't speak to that. I know for for me, it was weird because I was already in a I had just taken a sabbatical right before COVID hit right man you must have really been bored then huh? oh let me tell you so January (laughs) of 2020 I took a sabbatical I came back March of 2020 one day I went to work one day and then the country shut down the next day so I went back home (laughs) so and then I, I did that through uh through basically August and then I I I had already started moving what you know, uh, towards what I'm doing now with the stream grace network and podcasting. Um, and then went to doing that hundred percent of my time come September or August, somewhere in there. So, uh, 2020 was weird for me cause I just didn't really go to a place to work <laughs> like yeah. ever. Yeah. That's that. I mean, it was a, it was a big change for me too, but I, it was an enjoyable one. Yeah. For sure. You know, isn't it weird that day that they announced that, um, the NBA was practically going to shut down. Right. That was right here in Oklahoma That was City. right here that day. Yeah. And I was friend, not working that day, but I, yeah, go ahead. Our friend John up at the, John Shaw up at the yeah. radio station, he was at the game. Yeah. And he told me what was going on. He said it was just a really weird. Yeah. They just made an announcement. Hey, everybody has to leave the building. Right. I, there's a, uh, an episode on this podcast with, uh, with John Leach. If you guys get a chance to check that one out, he was the entertainment director. And so we talked about what happened in that moment, what was going on. And cause they, they were like, I, I was getting a text, I, you know, cause I ran sound for them and I had just started training a replacement. And so my replacement was there and he texted me. He's like, dude, something weird's going on. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and I remember cause even before that R- Rudy Gobert was in a press conference touching him microphone saying it's not COVID or something like that. And the next thing you know, boom, here it is. And that was the beginning. That was the day the country shut. I mean, like that caused this cascading effect. And uh, here's what's really crazy. I was booked that weekend because my middle son was in Monterey, California at uh, DLI, which is a language school for all the military who are going to go and do like, um, you know, spy stuff. Um, Okay. And so uh, he was learning his language there and there was a paintball event that I wanted to go to that was in California and, uh, specifically Corona, California. Oh, wow. (laughs) And it was happening in March. So I, I ended up kind of predictively canceling my trip because I kept thinking, man, this is going to shut down. I kept asking the organizer, are you guys still playing? You still playing? Yeah. And so I'm thinking, man, it's California. If it's going to hit, it's going to hit there first. Like they're going to shut it down. And, uh, so I ended up canceling that trip, but I thought this is the craziest thing. Cause that, that was the week that I was going to be out of town and I would have been in Corona. I wanted to go to Corona, avoid Corona and drink a Corona all at the same time. <laughs> and I didn't get to do that, unfortunately, <laughs> but man, what a crazy time. Yeah. I mean, it just, it was man. And 
I didn't, what did you guys do? Like, what was your topics on the radio when you're talking? I mean, how much did you talk about the virus? How much did you just talk about life? What? It was probably at 60%, you know, go here for help, go here to tell us your stories, let us know how you're doing, you know, and uh, the warm, warm, fuzzy, um, you know, we're here to, to help whatever you can, whatever we can do. And we immediately noticed the restaurants Mm -hmm. were having a hard time because, you know, they're, first of all, you don't make a lot of money as a waitress. So, you know, let's do something to help those people out. Restaurants fail half of them within the first year. So let's do something to help those people out. So we had, we had come up with, um, you know, we were promoting all the local business restaurants. Not that there's anything wrong with, uh, you know, the national chains, but you know, these are, these are families right here in Oklahoma that count on your dollars. Right. And, um, you know, national chains are going to go down too, but you know, these are our neighbors. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we focused a lot on that, you know, the hospitals thanking the, thanking the people that were working real hard. And we'd try to, uh, name, you know, places that were, you know, the Edmond regional and all that stuff. Sure. They're doing all this when, um, they're putting themselves in the, you know, doesn't seem like the line of fire because it's just a cough. Right. But, you know, that could be a deadly cough. Sure, sure. And we didn't know at the time, you know. Um, I remember that uh, people, you know, I, I, I remember the morning show host was saying, um, you know, it, it's it's probably just, you know, it's not even worse than the flu. Mm-hmm. And um, you remember people were saying that right and left. Right. Um, and then, you know, within two weeks, that host had changed his tone completely because right. now it's killing people. Mm-hmm. And... And when I had it, it was, it, it seemed like, um, I was just scared thinking what, I, I don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, um, I was short of breath, but I wasn't losing my taste. And I, I, I my main symptoms were short of breath and I had headaches. Yeah. Um, and I was dizzy. So I learned, um, to breathe through my nose helped me with the short of breath because if I breathed in too fast, I would start coughing Cough, for yeah. 30 minutes. And if I breathed in through my nose, I wouldn't breathe in too fast. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, then, um, then, you know, it's, it's like I, cause I watched, you know, sod our right. friend that, uh, has, has DJed around clubs. He owned a club and he was, I actually moved here originally to take over his position cause he was quitting. Um, I've known him since 95 and, um, you know, he's a dear friend and he passed away and he was, he was talking about how his oxygen level was dropping. And I'm just thinking, God is it, it, you know, when is this stuff going to happen? And then fortunately, uh, probably a week later I'd, I'd started to recover and everything was fine and I didn't go to the hospital or anything. I was kind of scared to tell people that I had it right? because you know, it's like leprosy all right. of a sudden if you've got it and nobody wants to, uh, you know, they want to put you in a bubble Yeah, because we didn't know anything about it. We didn't know, uh, you know, you've got a quarantine, you've got a this, that, and the other thing. And it was just a, a crazy time. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's so weird. Uh, you know, I think my critique of the whole thing, cause I've had like, um, I think I told you this, you know, when we talked on the phone the other day, but one of the guys on our show was the, uh, level three bio researcher who worked on the COVID vaccine. One of them. Uh-huh. And uh, he'd worked with Zika and with um, West Nile and he was working with AIDS and cancer stuff. So he's, he's done a lot of stuff. And, you know, one of the things we talked about is the, the misinformation stuff, like when the, you know, one of the things I brought up was the first time Fauci said, nobody needs to wear masks. And then later said, well, we just didn't want to rush on masks. It's like, listen, at no point can you lie to the public. <laughs> no, <laughs> because as soon as you do that, like nobody's going to trust anything you say. That's the problem. Like, are you lying now? Are you, you know, when are you telling the truth? And it's just like with our kids, right? When my first time my kid told me, you know, or I figured out he was lying, it would be one thing if he said, dad, I'm sorry I lied. <laughs> yeah. But I, did you ever do that, Donna, to your kid? <laughs> did your dad, <laughs> uh, dad, I'm sorry I lied. <laughs> Maybe. You know, oh, we, okay. we actually had a good conversation about lying and I told her, look, it, it or uh, doing something wrong, I yeah. guess it was not, not really lying, but own up to it. What were the three steps? Own up to it. Apologize. apologize and then tell them how you're going to fix it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's called, that's the thing that we call character <laughs> <laughs> and it's really cool. But, but that's a, you know, when you, when I find out, you know, cause my boys lied to me about things they thought I was going to kill them over and yeah. fair enough. 
<laughs> True. <laughs> you know, I mean, and it's you, not like you're a wimpy, you know, small guy that that you, you could you could squash them. Well, <laughs> I certainly could at the time. I, that both of them now could squash me, but I, you know, I, I arm wrestled both of them recently and beat them, and I'm like, that's it, because it was way too hard, <laughs> way too close. Leave like, while you're on top. That's right. We're never doing this again. No, but I think the thing is, I said, you know, when you if you come to me, you tell me, then I, you know, that's all right. You lied, whatever. If I find out that you lied, I just have to assume like you've lied probably 10 other times, you know, and that's what happened with this whole, this, this, uh, entire situation is because it was being used as a political weapon, we could never really figure out what was real. Right. Yeah. Or what was, yeah, what was real. Right. I mean, cause you're like, well, (laughs) I mean, is this a tactic or is this real? And, and a great example is, you know, uh, pre-election, you had a lot of people saying, I'm not going to take the vaccine because they had no confidence and trust in Trump, Mm -hmm. which I don't, I listen, if you're (laughs) Trump didn't do anything in a lab, like (laughs) he wasn't in there making a vaccine. But what's so funny is the same vaccine process. Now those same people are like, you have to get vaccinated. And it's like, well, nothing has changed here with the vaccine itself. It's still the same process. And so, you know, at some point in there, there was politicization of it, you know? Oh yeah. Cause after November 6th, everything changed yeah all the media was all oh you've got to you got to you have to you you've got to go get it you should you're a bad person if you don't right and so it's your duty right and seeing that causes there to be zero confidence in now not just our government and i talked about this on another show but the the unraveling of america happened when we could no longer trust that there was a free press that the press had no agenda they were just giving out facts now we understand that our press, like there's no question the press has an agenda. The media has an agenda and there are lots of people who don't, but again, how do you know who doesn't, who does, you know, it's like what stories they choose to cover, you know, all sorts of stuff. And so, um, you know, saying that, that, that really was the fundamental issue. And so, cause I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll say this, I'm an anti-masker. And, and when I say that, I'm not like, hardcore anti-mask my point is is like let's be honest about the mask and if it's helpful great like when day one when there was no information out i'm like yeah let's wear a mask but even in talking with the bio uh, level three dude he's like well if you don't shave (laughs) and you don't wear the mask just right it's really not doing anything and here's a guy who's working on the vaccine right Mm -hmm. now he did express um and, and you guys can go back and listen to that. It was Curtis McMurtry on this same podcast. Uh, but he, he talked about how it does slow the spread from this standpoint is that where you may be in without a mask six feet away and in, you're going to be shedding more of the virus. Even with a mask worn improperly, it's more like 18 inches because it's, it's slowing things down, right? It's like a sneeze. If you sneeze, it comes out like 100,000 miles an hour or something crazy. If you have a mask on, you sneeze, it can't do that. Right. right? So anyway, I, you know, I say that just to say it's, you know, this country's kind of unraveling. Isn't this exciting for you, Donna, to hear all of this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to ask, I I mean, uh, first of all, the thing I was going to say is that the most reliable thing on the news is the weather. Right. And And, think about that. And, you know, we, you've, you've heard adults talking about their perspective of the coronavirus and the shutdown and all that stuff. What about the teenagers' point of view? How yeah. did how did that come about? What I mean, how did that uh, affect you and and your friends? Um, well, honestly, I don't really ask my friends much about like politics and COVID and stuff. Like, if it's a big thing, then I'll bring it up like once, but we just end up going to like a regular conversation after that. But I don't really care if if I need a mask cool i'll wear it if i don't then i won't yeah but, but i mean there's some people out there that's like you can't wear masks it's hurting you it's not necessary at all and it's just annoying i'm like i don't care yeah if it can't I, hurt yeah yeah well if and it's that, for you know, five minutes it's i don't care <laughs> right and i well and that's the thing i think probably the bigger question is what does this do for you mentally for example and you don't know i mean who nobody knows the answer to this yet but with you losing connection with this the social element of your life right you you don't get to hang out with your friends for a year right you know for adults you know what adults don't really hang out with their friends that much i mean they do but not like when you're a teenager because it's like that's what you do Mm -hmm. and so 
I think that's one of the guys I had on uh, was a uh, clinical, um, I don't know, whatever, anyway, psycho guy, <laughs> psychotherapist of some sort. Uh, he, he has a bunch of uh, letters after his name. But uh, that was one of the things that he was talking about is some of the ramifications of not just mask. So the mask wearing part is the bigger ramification there is the fear side. Like, what does this do for anxiety for people? Because there are some people that just like you don't seem to have any kind of you're like, eh, whatever. No, no big deal. But there are some people who get crazy afraid now. Like I have two of my boys have a tendency to overthink and overanalyze. So it's not the wearing a mask for either, like neither one of them ever talk about wearing a mask. They wear a mask, no problem. But for example, if they wore a mask, then their mind goes, oh gosh, I hope I don't get COVID. And then they start going down that road of all that could happen if they did. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And so I think this culture of fear, I'm curious as how that, um, is going to have a long-term effect over your generation specifically. I My prediction is that we're going to have a generation of people that we call the COVID generation, that it's going to be this little sliver in time of people who have, uh, in general, like the, the overall population have uh, increased levels of something. I don't, I don't know what, but um, anxiety or, or pressures, but because here's the thing, it's not just COVID. I mean, it's like what's going on the whole world. Like you're aware, I'm sure of the uh, black lives matter movement and the racial yeah. tension in the world. Mm -hmm. There's, there's just so much happening all at the same time that it, it is inadvertently shaping a worldview for you. And, um, there's not a commentary on whether that's good or bad. It's just interesting to see what is that worldview. Um, because right now you said you guys don't really talk about it, right? And most yeah. people... Well, with the people I surround myself with. Yeah. Is that pretty intentional? Kind like, of. You, well, you, not really. It's... I most... I really just hang out with my friends from practice. Yeah. Um, I did online, so I don't really see that many people. Gotcha. And I don't like surround... I, I, I don't like surrounding myself with people that just talk about politics and stuff. Sure. Is it, it the negativity that you don't like? Yeah, and it's like the, uh, I don't know, like just trying to like pressure you into seeing their views. Right, yes. And it's just really annoying. It's like, I have my views, you have yours. Yeah. Just deal See, with See, this is how I think the country should be. Right? I, I think so too. Like, hey, I have my opinion. I don't care if you share my opinion. What I care about is that you respect that I have my opinion. Yeah. Not even respect my opinion. <laughs> Just respect that I can have it. And and this that mindset, I pray you hold on to that forever because I think that is so key. Of course, I'm a libertarian politically, which basically means I don't think anybody should tell me what to do ever. <laughs> That's a super oversimplification. Think about that when you were little. Uh <laughs> Well, I held that view. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Mom, you can't tell me when to go take a bath because I'm a libertarian. Exactly. Well, no, I think it is a legislation thing. You know, it's kind of funny. One of the reasons I like libertarian in general, this is not a PSA for them, but yeah. it's one of the things I think is really interesting is you can have people like super dividing line things like like the legalization of drugs. OK, that's a big dividing line for different politics. Um, gay marriage is a dividing line or just in general, the LGBTQT stuff. Right. But with a libertarian, like all of those people all fit in that same category, because because no matter what your belief system is, you're kind of like, yeah, I mean, do you? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Just yeah. don't tell me to do what you're doing. Like, yeah, don't interfere in my life for you living your life. And there are some people that find that a hostile position on either side. Right. I mean, if you're if you're pro-life uh, conservative and a person's like, well, I mean, you do you. I, I, I don't think that's a good idea to have an abortion or not whatever the opposite of that is to not give a person a choice, but you do you. Well, that's for, for a person who's pro-life, that's hostile. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> it's not, Yeah, it's, I'm not trying to be hostile. I'm just, this is me. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I think that if, if there was going to be a future of our country, I think that's where it is because now your dividing lines are, are something you logically discuss, right? Some of the people I listen to, I, I t I'm a, I'm a center right person. Most of the people I listen to and consume content from are center left. And I disagree with all sorts of things, but I don't disagree with their approach. I just wouldn't do what they think we should do. And it's an intelligent, logical conversation. Some of my friends on Facebook are that way that are more politically active. The ones that are hardcore political on either side tend to just kind of get the 
ignore yeah <laughs> on my list next <laughs> exactly so anyway i think that's that's good I, I would hold on to that and uh be a libertarian <laughs> just kidding i don't see that's the other thing about libertarians is like we don't really care like you don't have to be a libertarian who cares right yeah anyway um well we're, we're pretty much we're, we're getting out, out of time here but um do either one of you have anything you, you you our audience is worldwide we have hundreds of thousands of listeners <laughs> eventually <laughs> eventually these live forever right, so right, right. <laughs> eventually is there anything uh don i'll go to you first is there if there was anything you could say to the whole world what would it be hi <laughs> <laughs> that's gold <laughs> What was it? Bill and Ted said, um, be good to each other. Be excellent, be excellent to each other. To each other yeah. And party, party on, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I want to thank you both for being a part of the show. And uh, I want to thank all you guys out there listening to the show and being a part. Again, I want to just beg and plead because that's the most uh, shameless thing I could ever do. Just please go share this podcast. No, not really. I don't care. Again, if it's somebody you love, somebody you hate. Hey, you're libertarian. You exactly. I just don't care. <laughs> For the three of you who are listening, God bless you. <laughs> and we will see you next time.